0: Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz.
1: Hey guys, I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm Liz. What up? What up, party people? Yeah. It's so awkward to begin and end a podcast. Just I FYI, know. if you haven't ever recorded a podcast, God, we we had our old podcast for like years. Every time we would end it, like, woo, bye, oh my god, <laughs> lol. <laughs> it's we're just like. We're so good at being awkward. So anyway, that's your welcome. We that is your it. welcome.
0: Just own your we awkwardness. <laughs> that's my advice to everyone. Um, yeah, so welcome back, you guys. I know um last uh, couple episodes with Nancy and Tanya were big ones. So we're we're continuing on in famous moments in sports. And I, I really want to, like, emphasize the moments in this series because I'm sure, like, down the road, we'll probably talk about famous athletes. But right now, like, the series is really moments that, like, captured the world's attention and then had, like, a lasting aftermath.
1: Right, right. Like, it's what made the athletes famous or, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. I'm excited. I don't know that much about your topic. So mm. I'm going to be, like, a listener and just –
0: I didn't Listen. know, like, anything about this until, like, a couple of years ago, and then I learned so much doing research, so, um, before we get into it, uh, just quickly, you know, send us, um, your ideas and, you know, comments, questions, concerns, we're on Instagram, at famous, Kate and Liz, Kate with a C, and you can also Gmail us, um, same thing. Famous Kate and Liz at gmail.com. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to rate, review and subscribe and tell a friend.
1: Wow, that was really good. <laughs> I'm like impressed. I'm <laughs> speechless. I am speechless. Um, Great job. Yeah. Okay. So we are doing another famous moment in sports. And what yeah. exactly are you covering this week?
0: Okay, so like, like I said, moment. Um, so this is the 1968 Olympics Black Power Salute. And I'm gonna put a little asterisk on it because we'll get into it. But like the name of it has actually disputed by the one of the people who partook in it. So but there's just oh, like, okay. I think this is the way it's most well-known, and this is what Wikipedia calls it, and I basically am reading you the Wikipedia page tonight, because
1: it was really, really good and almost made me cry, so. Yeah, I know. Some of these people at Wikipedia, I'm like, they write about these certain things. It's like, what? You are like, you just wrote a Pulitzer (laughs) Prize-winning piece of... <laughs> yeah, yeah it's crazy okay okay so we love wikipedia Everyone donate. donate to wikipedia yeah <laughs> yeah Everyone okay uses. so
0: I will give a quick synopsis and then we'll do like background um because we have to really understand the greater context of what was happening in the world um at this time and and in America and you know it's very timely I think um I was telling Kate before we started like What was happening then is very timely to what's happening now. Our nation is so divided, you know, and like now we have a pandemic too. So, um,
1: yeah. yeah. And (laughs) you said the late 60s, which is like civil rights, like, oh my God. Yeah. There was so much tension. Very similar to now. I feel like it's. I have a
0: note in here in bold that says tensions were high. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. I suck okay, that. Yeah. So let's get into it. Get ready.
0: During the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City on October 16th, two African-American athletes, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, each raised a black glove fist during the playing of, playing of the U.S. National Anthem um, while they were on the podium accepting their medals uh, because Smith had won gold and Carlos had won bronze in the 200-meter running event. Uh, they turned to the U.S. flag and they kept their hands raised until the anthem had finished. And so the guy who came in second was Australian um, Peter Norman. And he didn't raise his fist, but he wore a human rights uh, badge along with the other two on his jacket. Oh. We'll talk more about that, too. OK, OK. So that and, and you know, I'm sure like it's a very famous image that's out there. Um, of the two track stars. Yeah, I'm you know.
1: actually going to look it up right now. Like as you're. So what were their names again?
0: Tommy Smith and uh, John Carlos. And yeah, like I said, I did not even know anything about this until a couple years ago. We do not even learn some of these really, you know. Important
1: oh, yes. Things. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely Google this picture because um, you guys have seen this picture. Mm-hmm. So before. here's the story behind Okay. Me. Oh my god, I love this. Famous pictures. This could be yeah, I
0: know we could have done a whole series just on famous pictures, probably.
1: <laughs> well, we might. We might just do you that. know, at we a later totally time.
0: should. There's yeah. a good one I got in mind. Somebody okay,
1: mark that mark that down. Somebody mark yeah. that down. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so.
0: Multiple factors created a lot of protests during 1968. Um, Many were like, you know, protesting injustice by governments. um, And in the U.S., that was the Johnson administration. Protests were in opposition to the draft and the U.S. being involved in the Vietnam War. um, And like a lot of these political and social conflicts kind of created new movements and were a turning point for the civil rights movement. Um, And it was also the time that, like, the Black Panther Party was created, too. Like, born out of, you know, this injustice. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Not just in the U.S. Like, there was a lot of opposition to the Vietnam War all over the world. So, there were protests in London, Paris, Berlin, and Rome, um, which I didn't really know that it was such a global, you know, outrage. And Mm -hmm. um, in Western Europe, countries were protesting... um, you know largely led by students against dictatorships and other political tensions authoritarian rule <clears throat> kind of like now
1: <laughs> or what we just yeah. got out of <laughs> yeah sounds familiar
0: yep um and it was just like a really tense time in the world there was like the troubles going on in northern ireland there was the i'm going to totally butcher how i say this and we're going to get into it because it was very important um the Loco Massacre in Mexico City. Um, Uh, It's hard to say because it's like the Nahuatl. Aztec,
1: yeah. Yeah, (laughs) the
0: Aztec language. Um, So I'm going to totally butcher that. And, you know, just there was also like this um, escalation of guerrilla warfare happening in Brazil because there was a dictator. So like all around the world. Even in, you know, Eastern Europe, there were communist protests um, in Poland, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia. So,
1: I mean, as we said, tensions were high. Tensions were high.
0: 1968 meet 2021. I feel like not much has changed, honestly.
1: I know. It's (laughs) like so much has changed, but nothing's changed. Yeah. It's insanity. So living through that is kind of like,
0: you know, we've been living through historic events, like almost on a regular basis for a good year. So think about that as like, you know, people in 1968, you know, we're living about this. And I think, I think people who live through this know about this. And I think people in the black community know about this. So um, I just think it's like an important topic, um, but tied to like a much bigger movement.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is great. I'm so (laughs) here for this. Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> and I'm fired up, too, so. Yes.
0: <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so Mexico City, 1968. T- t- I cannot say it. Plate t- Loco, Massacre. I I even looked up the pronunciation and listened to it, like, 20 times before I started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to write it out literally phonetically. Yeah. That's what Tlate I have to loco. do. Loco.
0: Plate Loco. Okay. That
1: sounds good, yeah. That sounds spot on. Thank Nailed you. On.
0: All right. So these were the first Olympic Games to be staged in Latin America and they were the first to be staged in a Spanish-speaking country. And just so everyone knows, Spanish is the second most spoken language in the world, so racism. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I'm like Literally shocked. the
0: Olympics have been around since like ancient Greece. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, and that's how long white supremacy has been around. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. So already starting off, everything's racist. Okay. I'm just saying.
0: Uh it took a while. So, you know, whatever. Spanish speaking people like sports too. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah, and they're good at
0: them. <laughs> and yeah, and they're good at them. Okay. So in the decade leading up to the Olympics, um, there was a growing social unrest and protests um, against the government in Mexico and Mexico government had increased economic and like political suppression, especially against labor unions. Um, You know, so there was all these protests um, and marches in the city in August um, and they were getting, you know, traction and getting coverage. Um, one of them had like an estimated five hundred thousand people take part in it. Um, wow.
1: Well, I mean, listen, if you're if you're doing something against the labor, yeah, unions and stuff, that is your people. Like your people are in the unions. Like they are workers. So they're who's
0: keeping everything running. You know exactly. Like, they are
1: our essential yeah. people. Um.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, tensions were high, as we said, um, and the Olympics were coming and it, there was a big, you know, spotlight on it because it was the first time it was going to be in Latin America. And so using the prominence of the Olympics, students gathered in the Plaza de las Tres Culturas in Tate Loco, Mexico City, <laughs> to call for greater civil and democratic rights. Um, and they were against the Olympics because I think this is pretty clear. Anytime the Olympics comes to any country, there's usually a big protest because of the amount of money it costs to host the Olympics.
1: Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I yeah.
0: would imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel like there's yeah, always- they have to build, they build like a literal city. Yeah. They have to build yeah. all,
0: you know, if they can't accommodate, they have to build it. And then, you know, your hotels have to be able to accommodate everybody, but it brings a lot of, you know, economic strength, but also it costs so much. And sometimes like, where was it? Was it Sochi where like they didn't even finish things, you know? Yeah. And, like,
1: bad. Yeah, they're like, um, our walls between like the rooms are made out of like toilet paper. Like the exactly. the like wall was so thin. Yeah, that it was unfinished. Like, remember so. poor Bob Costas got pink eye there? I mean <gasps> Yes. That's the most memorable thing from that Olympics. <laughs>
0: Talk about memorable moments in sports, people. That was yes. it.
1: Bob Costas, pink eye. That was horrible. Can
0: you please include a picture of that in our Instagram?
1: <laughs> okay, I'm I'm literally putting a note in right now. Um, because we Bob need to laugh. Yes. Although pink eye is horrible. It's not life-threatening. I've no, no, it. no. It just looked awful. It did. Bob Costas, pink eye. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Okay. So
0: students were, you know, protesting and they were holding signs that said, we don't want the Olympics. We want revolution. Um, Okay. So 10 days before the start of the Olympics, the government ordered the gathering in the Plaza de las Tres Culturas to be broken up. And some 5,000 soldiers and 200 tankettes. I looked that up. They're just mini tanks tanket is kind of a cute cool. name for many tanks. Okay. Yeah. Um, they so way like outrageous numbers. 5000 soldiers, 200 tanks surrounded the plaza and hundreds of protesters and civilians were killed and over 1000 were arrested. The actual number of deaths is undetermined, but they know it was in the hundreds. Like I saw in yeah. one article probably upwards of 300. So like for protesting peacefully. Wow, 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 okay. Straight up massacre. Um, so at the time, you know, this event was portrayed in national media and the military suppression of a violent um, student uprising. Like that's kind of how it was portrayed. Like the students were being violent, but later analysis indicated that the gathering was peaceful prior to the army's advance and it's like yeah of course it, even if it was freaking violent you have 200 tanks like you don't yeah right it. right well that's
1: what it's always everything's always peaceful until you know yeah they're shooting cannons into the crowd like nothing incites a riot more than like weapon advancement
0: yeah so say. this is like the scene of Mexico City as the Olympics yeah. are
1: unfolding
0: Um, Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. Not great. Not (laughs) Not great.
0: (laughs) Not great. Not a good look, Mexico City. Um,
1: I didn't even know this. Like you're giving us the history. history. This
0: this is what I just learned in the research of this because I kind of wanted to see what was happening at the time, you know, to set the scene. Yeah, yeah, this whole massacre was new to me. Um, Okay, so then the protest. It happens on the morning of October 16th. 1968. Uh, U.S. athlete Tommy Smith, who I mentioned, won the gold for the 200-meter race with a world record-breaking time of 19.83. I was going to say 0.83 <laughs> seconds. Um, and then Australians, Australia's Peter Norman finished second. He got uh, 20 seconds, or 20 seconds, 20.6 seconds. Sorry, I don't know how to do, like, timing for sports. <laughs> You're like, what the...
1: I don't understand.
0: <laughs> I really don't. I'm like seconds have milliseconds, I
1: guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, come on. Do they really though? No, it's made up. It's fake science, fake science.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. And then John Carlos also from the U S finished third. So Tommy Smith, gold, uh, Peter Norman, silver, and John Col- Carlos, bronze, um, after the race was completed, the three went to the podium for their medals. The two guys from the U.S., Tommy Smith and John Carlos, um, they wore several things that were very symbolic when they accepted their medals. So they received their medals shoeless, but wearing black socks to represent black poverty. Yeah. Okay. Smith wore a black scarf around his neck to represent black pride. John um, Carlos had his tracksuit unzipped sh- to show solidarity with all of the blue-collar workers in the U.S. and wore a necklace of beads, which he described were for those individuals that were lynched or killed that no one said a prayer for, that were hung and tarred. It was for those thrown off the side of the boats in the Middle Passage.
1: Wow. Wow. I'm looking at so, the image while you're talking. Yeah, this. and
0: so all these little things really had meaning to it, um, you wow. know. That-
1: Which you would never know. Like, even if you mm-hmm. said, oh, did you hear about the 68 Olympics? And I, like, Googled an image. I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I get, like, the black fist. That's mm-hmm. probably all I would see. Right, yeah. right, Exactly. Um,
0: and then all three athletes wore Olympic Project for Human Rights badges, um, because Peter Norman was a critic of Australia's former white Australia policy. And so he, you know, emphasized with what was happening in the US and what um, Tommy cool. and John are fighting for. And nice. so the Olympic Project for Human Rights was an American organization. Um, it was created by a sociologist named Harry Edwards, and Tommy Smith and John Carlos were part of that, too. Um, and so the aim of their organization was to protest racial segregation in the U.S. and elsewhere, such as South Africa, and racism in sports in general. So that's what the little badges are for.
1: Hi. Wow. So much meaning. And then this is really interesting.
0: So about the gloves, right? You said you would only you would notice the gloves on first glance. Mm. Uh So both both um, of the U.S. guys intended to bring black gloves to the event. But John Carlos forgot his in the Olympic Village. And so it was Peter Norman, the Australian, who suggested that Carlos wear Smith's left handed glove. Um, And for that reason, Carlos is raising his left hand instead of his right hand, which differs from the traditional Black Power salute.
1: Okay. And you can see the guy who got first place, he doesn't have a black glove on his left hand. And you can't see the other guys. Okay. okay. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm loving Um, this breakdown. (laughs) So when the Star Spangled
0: Banner played, um, they delivered the Black Power salute with their heads bowed and this image became front page news around the world. Um the picture was taken by photographer John um Dimin- Dimin- Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. There's
1: also about. there's a side profile picture too. Okay. Um and that one you can see like the socks, the black socks.
0: Oh okay. Yep. I think yep. I've only seen, I'll have to look at that. I've only seen the the big one. Um yeah. So when they left the podium, they were booed by the crowd. And Tommy Smith later said, if I win, I am American, not a black American. But if I did something bad, they would say I'm a Negro. Yeah,
1: yeah. We are
0: black and we are proud of being black. Black America will understand what we did tonight.
1: God, it's like the same shit. It's the same shit that I they're fighting Really for.
0: little has nothing changed. I mean, is this different than kneeling, you know, at the NFL games and – you know, I mean, it's still happening, so, um.
1: Yeah, uh, and anything bad, it's like, oh, they're a thug, they're a this, mm-hmm. they're a that, and then, oh, if you're, if you're entertaining us in sports, you are, like, God to us, you know? Yeah. We like, accept you fully, but if you do something wrong, ugh, no, you're, like, a thug, bad, you know, bad guy. Yeah. Wow. It's awful. It's the same shit. Yeah,
0: it's. It's really sad that it is the same shit. Um, and actually, like, leading up to the Olympics, the Olympic Project for Human Rights had urged black athletes to boycott um, the games completely, um, you um, know. I, I could but, see that happening
1: today, you know, something yeah, like that.
0: Totally, totally. And, like, you know, but this, so that's, like, kind of what inspired their protest on the podium. Um mm-hmm. So, okay. So, like last time we talked about the USFSA, (laughs) we got to talk about the IOC, the International Committee. Way Way easier, easier.
1: IOC. Way easier, but still just so shitty. Yeah. (laughs) FSFSA, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, all these organizations, come on. And who's at the head of them? Hmm white men yes, an old white man
0: <laughs>
1: yeah okay let continue, so,
0: continue. what's well, oh. getting their response because of course they had to respond um the international olympic committee pre- president avery brundage who is also american deemed it the um, event to be a domestic political statement unfit for an apolitical international forum which the olympic games is intended to be um in their response, he ordered Tommy Smith and John Carlos suspended from the U.S. team and banned from the Olympic Village. When the U.S. Olympic Committee refused, Brundage threatened to ban the entire track team. Um, so that just led to the expulsion of the two of them from the games because, you know, they didn't want to let the whole track team be um, kicked out. Um, yeah. But I guess there's a common misconception that the IOC um, did not force Smith and Carlos to return their medals. So I guess there's a a misconception that they had to return their medals. So they did get to keep Um, them. Just
1: to make it seem like even worse, probably, you know. And this guy, Avery
0: Brundage, the president of the IOC, um, okay, he was also president of the IOC in 1936. So we should probably talk about
1: term limits there. Um. um I'm sorry if you're like in the middle of the Nazi like that means you did that whole Nazi Germany Olympics, That's exactly right? what
0: I'm about to talk about. So oh, good.
1: This is so good. <laughs> Liza
0: Liza <laughs> well Avery made no objections against the Nazi salutes during the Berlin Olympics um, because he argued that the Nazi salute was a national salute at the time and was acceptable in a competition of nations while at the athlete salute was not a, you know, salute of a nation and therefore unacceptable. Wow.
1: Much like the Confederate flag today, folks. And I was just saying, like these people wearing
0: fucking six million is not enough, you know? Shirts oh. and camp oh, outfits. Please. We just overlook that, you know? It's- yeah.
1: That that um QAnon shaman guy with the horns. Yeah. He there's this thing where it breaks down like every tattoo he has, and it's like eighty-eight, which is like the eighth letter of the alphabet is. H and 8-8 is HH. I'm not even going to say it, what it yeah. means, because I refuse yeah. to say it, but it's like so anti Semitic, so white supremacy. I mean, tattooed on your body. And now you want organic meals in prison and like massages? <laughs> yeah, get once out, a of week? get, get out of here. Get out of here. Out. I've had a double D boobs since I was in like <laughs> eighth grade. Okay. You know who needs a massage once a week? Me okay like yes yes okay yes I mean yeah.
0: thank you for that it is I mean it's this is 1936 right like my good friend's um two-year-old goes to a Jewish preschool and she just learned her um had to do her first you know drill for if there's a shooter there uh, active shooter drill yeah. Yep. I mean, this and yep. like uh, an office I used to work at in San Diego was next to the Jewish community center. And we had to move our crisis spot where we were supposed to go if there was like a fire or something away because they get so many bomb threats there. Oh, no. Ugh. I mean, this happens constantly to Jewish um, organizations. And it's, it is awful.
1: unbelievable. Unbelievable. <sighs> gonna wow. hit it. wow wowie wow wow (laughs) yeah
0: so okay so Avery Brundage has been accused of being one of the United States most prominent Nazi sympathizers even after the outbreak of the second world war um and he was later removed as president of the IOC um you know and had been one of the three uh, because because of the Olympic project for human rights sorry came out (laughs) Grumbled. <laughs> no.
1: No, wait, uh, wait. Who was the Who was the king that that abdicated? Edward. Edward. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's probably friends with him. They're probably like BFFs. In New York City. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Swinging okay. with our
0: ladies. Um. Okay. So, uh, in 2013, the official IOC website stated that over and above winning medals, the Black American athletes made names for themselves by an act of racial protest. So, it took till 2013, you know, for them to really come around and, like, live down what Brundage had kind of, you know, been implementing. Um, Okay. So, that's the protest. Um, We're going to get into the aftermath now, and I want to give everybody a moment to go get some tissues, because we're probably going to (laughs) cry.
1: Oh, God. Listen.
0: this hasn't been enough for you, the way, like the response to this is just so heartbreaking. Um, But then there are some really beautiful tributes that have come out of it. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, as you know, if you guys know us, and I think we've talked about this, Kate and I were both, like, journalism majors in college, and and we respect the media, but sometimes the media can really fucking suck.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. What did they do this time? I'm not ready. Does everybody have, like, their mascara off like, that's that's right. like you have waterproof mascara. This is your warning. This is your I waterproof mascara, mascara warning. warning. We'll put it. Oh, we'll put it on God. <laughs> Disclaimer. Okay. Hit me with it. Hit okay. me with
0: it. So Tommy Smith and John Carlos were largely ostracized um, by the U.S. sporting establishments and huh. they had tons of criticism for their actions Time Magazine on October 25th, you know, just like a week later, wrote, faster, higher, stronger is the motto of the Olympic Games. Angrier, nastier, uglier, better describes the scene in Mexico City last week. Yep. Um then that's Time Magazine. So and then when they were back home, they were subject to like abuse. Their families received death threats. Um, a writer for the Chicago American, a guy named Brent Musburger. Uh, he went on to like be on CBS Sports and ESPN. He described them as a couple of black skinned stormtroopers who were ignoble, juvenile and unimaginative.
1: <laughs> wow. Yep. Sounds about fucking right to me of what they would say.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, fucking just not even focusing on the larger picture of, you know, why, why they're protesting in the first place.
1: Damn. I just, I like, can't believe that that was like, not that long ago in history, but then also that that shit is still happening. I know. Like, it's, I just can't get over it.
0: I felt like it was very, very timely, you know, um, to yeah, do this. Absolutely. So Tommy Smith, um, he went on to continue in athletics. He played for the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and then became an assistant professor of physical education at Oberlin College. And oh, cool. he. helped. Okay. Yeah. And, and they're both still alive today. Um, the two Americans are. And in 1995, he helped coach the U.S. team at the World Indoor Championships in Barcelona. I don't know what that is, World Indoor Championships. Um,
1: uh, indoor track and field. Uh,
0: probably, okay, that makes sense. I'm guessing. Yes. And then in 1999, he was awarded the California Black Sportsman um, of the Millennium Award. And he's now a public speaker.
1: Okay.
0: Um John Carlos uh he felt, followed like a pretty similar path. He tied the 100-yard dash world record the following year um uh, after the Olympics and he tried professional football. He was 15th round selected in the 1970 NFL draft but then got a knee injury um which curtailed Ooh. his tryout with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so he went on to coach the in the Canadian Football League so Yay, oh. Canada. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I'm going to go play with these nice people. Um, yeah. yeah, I see a picture of them. Like, now they look great.
0: Yeah. He is played one right? season for the Montreal
1: Alouettes. <laughs> Ooh. So Alouettes. Alouette, <laughs> yes. alouette, alouette, alouette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Okay. And that's obviously wow. their,
0: their song. <laughs>
1: it has to be be. like if it's not there's even bigger problems in this world (laughs) that's right um but unfortunately
0: in 19 in the 1970s he fell upon kind of hard times in 1977 his ex-wife committed suicide um which reeled him into a period of depression um, but in 1982, he worked with the organizing committee for the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. And in 1985, he became a track and field coach at Palm Springs High School. And as of 2012, he works as a counselor at the school.
1: Oh, great. Great. That's awesome. I love, they I mean. They had a really hard time, like, when they first came back. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm. I'm sure. I mean, God, anything about you know that you watch about um the civil rights time it's just like oh my god how did these people get up and do it again day after day fighting for fucking literal human rights like they want to be treated like humans
0: yeah
1: why should it be why should there be a fight about this like (laughs) It's we saw so a good obvious. meme
0: today that was like fifteen dollars minimum wage. What's next, human rights?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. It, I mean, it's so true. It, it's it's sickening, but these these men are like heroes. They're heroes for
0: taking a stand. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Well, okay.
0: When we have to talk about Peter Norman, and this is where we're gonna cry because part of me, like, I don't know, I'm. You know, I'm sure John Carlos and um, Tommy Smith got the brunt of it because they are African-American. But Peter Norman got a lot of shit for this in Australia. In
1: Australia. Oh, my God. Okay. Wait, I wasn't. A, I forgot about the whole crying thing. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, oh God. I mean, we're, I mean, just from here on, there's just crying triggers, potentially. I just don't want everyone to know because I was reading the Wikipedia page and shed a few tears.
1: <laughs> Potential. So, yeah. So- Trigger. Okay.
0: Whew. So, he was ostracized by the Australian media and um reprimanded by his country's Olympic authorities. He was not allowed to participate in the 1972 games despite several times making the qualifying time.
1: <laughs> okay, I just want to say here I'm sorry Australia literally the roots of Australia besides of course the aborigines, which I don't even know if that's, like, politically correct or not, so I'm sorry if it's not. Like, the the people who actually lived on Australia, Mm -hmm. literally, boats from England would come with all their convicts, and that's Mm -hmm. how Australia today started. So, like, who the fuck do you think you are Australia (laughs) to be ostracizing (laughs) someone for standing up for fucking human rights? And, Australia. like, he didn't raise his fist. He just, like, was there for yeah. the pin, yeah. you know? But, yeah. like, Peter
0: Norman is, like, literally the definition of what it means to be a good ally. um, And, you know, it's so important for us allies, you know, to really, you know, just follow in his footsteps. Because, um, you know, like, so, yeah, he was limited. Then, you know, talking about limiting his income, right? Here he is, like, he is making the qualifying times and not allowed to participate in the Olympics um but some some people differ whether or not that was due to the 1968 protest but in my opinion it was um <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when australia hosted the 2000 summer olympics he had no part in the opening ceremony um what though the wrong, significance man? of that was also debated um but when Wait, he died when
1: year was that 2004
0: 2000 2000 okay god damn so he he wasn't invited to participate in that um and when he died in 2006 tommy smith and john carlos were pallbearers at his funeral
1: oh my god i saw pictures like when i when i googled them i was scrolling and i did see pictures of them carrying a coffin wow so that was his it didn't i didn't they were really? still in
0: touch, you know, um, after the oh protest.
1: God.
0: Uh, yep. And so in 2012, Australia formally apologized to Norman. So I just said he died. Oh, in thanks.
1: Like, Jesus. Thanks a lot. A little late.
0: Yeah. Um, and so one MP told Parliament that Norman's gesture was a moment of heroism and humility that advanced international awareness of racial inequality. Um, so yeah, I mean, too little, too late. Um, but there are actually some really beautiful tributes out there to, um, to this moment in sports. And I really want to go visit one. I got San Jose on my list, right? Um, we got the, the, uh, Winchester mansion there and there is a tribute to this moment there because Tommy Smith and John Carlos went to San Jose state university
1: and Right, okay.
0: So in 2005, um, they erected a 22 foot statue of their protest called, titled Victory Salute. And it was created by artist Rigo23, um, a student. Oh, and then a student, Eric Groats, actually initiated the project. Um, He said, one of my professors was talking about the unsung heroes, and he mentioned Tommy Smith and John Carlos. He said these men had done a courageous thing to advance civil rights and yet had never been honored by their own school.
1: (gasps) Oh, leave it to a current student to like really just be like, hello, what are we doing?
0: So this statue is awesome. So... Okay, so when you come to see the statue, it's only Tommy Smith and it's John Carlos and the spot where Peter Norman it w- would have stood on the podium, so it's like them on the podium doing the fist. Um you can stand on it and take a picture. And
1: Oh, I see it. Okay. I see it. I yeah. see it. So wow, you can take
0: wow. his place and Peter Norman requested that he be left off so viewers could stand in his place.
1: Oh, my God, because he he fucking got it. He he got he it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. You're right. True Great ally. ally.
0: Great yes. ally.
1: Yeah. And knew wow. that
0: like what he was doing in that moment was so important in history and like wanted other people to feel that, you know, um, in Australia, there's an airbrush mural of the trio on the podium that was painted in 2000. Um it's in an inner city suburb of um it's called Newton in Australia or in Sydney and um this person named Silvio Afria allowed the mural to be painted on his house on um in Lemington Lane by an artist an artist only known as Donald which he might want to change that
1: name now <laughs> um. <laughs> artist formerly known as, known Donald. as
0: Donald yeah <laughs> And it was said that Peter Norman visited the mural a short time before he died in 2006. And he came and had his photo taken and was very happy. The homeowner says.
1: Wow.
0: Um, So this historic event has been like depicted in lots of artwork, music, movies, and documentaries. But like I said, I only learned about it a couple years ago. Um, I hope a lot of people, you know, this is new education for you too. And you can like, you know, just take what you know and go out and be a better person and a better ally in the world and be inspired by these like unsung heroes. I think that that professor, you know, really captured it perfectly.
1: Wow. This was (laughs) something else. So much to this moment. And that's why I just wanted to like
0: emphasize the moments, you know, because so much can happen from that one photo going you know worldwide and and you know and just the fact that these people who are making really courageous statements aren't even recognized in their own time you know or like
1: we need to learn about these things to pass on like the struggle and like this is the history and it's still the fucking same so let's go people chop chop like, yeah. what are we doing?
0: If we don't remember things like this, this is how, like, the Holocaust happens again. And, you know, this is why it is so important. and All of this is so connected um, to white supremacy in general. And, you know, I think the country has kind of seen that now, like, up close and personal in the media. And so, mm-hmm. you know, grateful for the media to be like sharing those images so we can like actually have a really hard look at ourselves um you know but then I hate the media at the same time for like you know really (laughs) just like blackwashing this whole event but
1: (laughs) um
0: you know but but yeah I mean if it weren't for people taking heroic stands like this we wouldn't you know know about this movement and why it's important and the injustices that it's fighting against. So thank you, Tommy Smith. And thank you, John Carlos. And thank you, Peter Norman, like true, true ally. So inspired by him.
1: Yeah, this was, listen, class adjourned class. Adjourned. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Please go out and spread the word. <laughs> I mean, seriously.
0: Yeah, I know. So yeah, it was an education for me, but, um, we will be back next week with one more. You got your famous story in sports to cover, which, you know, kind of also has a little, a a touch of the social justice, right? Oh yeah.
1: I mean, listen, it's civil rights. Yeah. Played a part in it, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's definitely there. So, um, we don't want to forget about these, moments in sports that kind of gained so much you know the they know if you are on the olympics you everyone is watching you all eyes are on you so to take a stand like that when everybody's watching you takes so much courage i'm like going to cry literally <laughs> just thinking you. about it like the amount of courage People wouldn't even post, like, a Black Lives Matter, like, thing on Instagram because, oh, I don't know, I, I, I," you know, like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Using their platform for good and for awareness, absolutely, like... Yeah. And and you know, like I think we just think about like the NBA players right now and the WNBA especially is like leading the charge, um, and football mm-hmm. players and everybody else, mm-hmm. like this is still an issue in sports. There's a lot of issues with professional sports and um racism and like you know, the all the owners being white male billionaires, you know. So
1: um not that like yeah, it's, getting know, can... it's getting old. It's getting old.
0: Exactly. I think the world is ready now in politics, and sports, in pop culture, out with the old, right? Am I not right? Whether you're liberal
1: or conservative, we need young voices in there. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I mean, yeah, there's not much you can say, you know, other than what we've already said. That was amazing. I give you <laughs> an you. A plus. A plus, 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 plus. <laughs>
0: thank you thank you thank you um well yeah hopefully you guys learned something um get in touch we love you so much and we will be back next week so thanks for listening
1: stay tuned um yeah also thanks for listening we're awkward bye (laughs) bye